Two people on an early dinner date, the first question they should ask each other is, how are you crazy? How are you? I'm crazy like this. How are you crazy? Right? In other words, it's too, love is two crazies getting together. That's Alain Debouton. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Hello! And welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Thursday. I thank you so much for joining me today. And we've got a very, very popular author and philosopher here to share some insight about the complexities of relationships and what we can do to simplify them. Here's Alain Debouton. Enjoy. Now, what I want to suggest to you is that the romantic way in which we love has destroyed our capacity to love. And if we want to become better lovers in the true sense, if we want to rediscover the true ambition of what love is, we are going to have to exit many romantic assumptions. Let me be a little critical of some of these romantic assumptions, though some of you in the room will feel romantically. Okay, the first romantic assumption is that you are a decent human being. Now, I don't know you, but you're not, right? You are a, you are a deeply corrupt, deeply troubled, emotionally complicated creature. And anyone who gets together with you is going to have a problem on their hands. Does anybody, is anybody, I, I don't know this about you personally. I know this about me and about all of human nature. That's just what the human animal is. Remember the old uh, Christian tradition. I speak to you as a secular Jew. The old Christian tradition is all of us have been tainted by original sin. Now, this can sound very severe, especially in zeitgeist, but let's remember the concept of original sin is all of us are imperfect. We're warped. We're crooked. And therefore, we need to go easy on each other. That's what love is. Love is the mutual recognition that what you encounter in another person is somebody else who's flawed, who's broken, who needs, in the deepest sense, charity. We forget this. We think we're great to meet. Is anybody here single and thinks that, apart from the fact they're single, they would be pretty easy to live with? Anybody think, anybody think they're easy to live with? Few people, yeah, you think you're easy? Okay, and few people, okay, come and see me afterwards, because I've, you know, again, there's some lessons to be learned here. No one is easy to live with. Now, what about the other person? Okay, so we see other people, and we think, oh, they're wonderful, they look wonderful. People look wonderful, right? We develop crushes everywhere. Again, I don't want to be mean, but no one that you get to know very well is normal. The only people we can think of as normal are people we don't yet know. Everybody else. <laughs> Everybody else is crazy, all right? Close up, everybody else is crazy. Because we've all had complex histories, complex emotional lives, etc. We don't give this enough room. Two people on an early dinner date, the first question they should ask each other is, how are you crazy? 
How are you? I'm crazy like this. How are you crazy? Right? In other words, it's too, love is two crazies getting together. Not perfection, not angels, nothing like this. Okay? This is what we should be ready uh, for. Uh, let's think about instinct. Okay? So the romantics say you'll feel that special feeling. Don't go with what your parents say on an arranged marriage or what society says. Follow your instinct. It's a beautiful idea, but it brings with it a really big problem. See, where do instincts come from? You don't have to be a fully paid-up psychotherapist or believer in psychotherapy to believe in one thing. The way that we love as adults is, is sitting on top of the way we loved as children. The act of finding love as an adult is a refinding of love. We're following a pattern set in childhood. And the thing is that the kind of love we tasted in childhood wasn't merely a love geared towards kindness, generosity, and making us feel good. It was also a love bound up with varieties of suffering, um, lack of fulfillment, sadism, despair, etc. And what often happens as adults is that we're seeking to refine precisely those problems. Okay? And that explains why sometimes people set us up on a date. They say, you know, I know someone who's perfect for you. You go out on a date with them, and it's true. On paper, they look fantastic. They're great. You know, all, everything's great. Somehow, it doesn't click. And why doesn't it click? We maybe say to our friends, they're a little bit unsexy, or maybe they're, they're a bit boring. But what we mean by these cover words is unlikely to make me suffer in the way I need to suffer in order to feel that this love is real. In other words, our instincts lead us to some pretty strange choices. We have an instinct to repeat, and what we're repeating is not necessarily always the happy love of which we ostensibly uh, uh, dream. Let's think about communication in love. The terrible problem with love is that at the beginning of many relationships, we start off with the sense that our lover can understand us intuitively. Without saying too much, they seem to finish our sentences. They get what we mean. And it's a beautiful feeling in the early days of love. No sooner have we said, you know that feeling when they go, yeah, yeah. And we suddenly feel we have a soulmate. It's a disastrous idea. And it leads to a catastrophic outbreak of sulking. What is a sulk? A sulk is a distinct phenomenon within the constellation of love, whereby you believe that somebody who loves you should understand you, something that's important to you, and because they don't understand it, you won't tell them. Because if they, would, if they were your true lover, they would understand without you needing to say. Which is why when your lover slightly upsets you by something they did at a party, on the way back home, you've got your arms crossed like this, and they say, darling, is anything wrong? And you go, no, no, why? And they go, come on, just tell me. And you go, no, I'm fine, everything's fine. And then you go up to your apartment, and then you go into the bathroom, and you lock the bathroom door. And But this time, you know, your, your partner's knocking at the door. Hey, look, darling, well, what is it? What's going on? And you go, mm -mm -mm. And you don't want to say because you're a romantic, and you expect them to read through the bathroom into your soul to detect what is really going on inside you. That's what romanticism leads us to. It's very dangerous, okay? We, we, we need to... We, we, we need to explain. Another thing about secrets, okay? So secrets for the romantics are the enemy of love. When true, true lovers meet each other, they tell each other everything. And it's true in the early days of love. It's fantastic. You say everything. You say, do you know about this? Do you hate that person? Uh, you know, all adults in the room, sometimes a little bit about sex. Like, do you like that thing? And they go, yeah, yeah, I like that thing too. Wow, it's wonderful. So you're, you're bonding over these kind of secret, slightly, you know, taboo things. And it's wonderful until the day when maybe you're in a bar in a restaurant and you go, you see that person over there? Imagine if like we told them about us and then we got them to come home. You know, and you're kind of sketching a scenario and you look at your lover and they look really unhappy. Really, just shot, slightly horrified and, and kind of unhappy. And you suddenly realize, and it's a moment that happens for everybody, there's a fork in the road. One fork leads to total honesty, and the other leads to love. 
you choose love. Because you don't want to... To be totally yourself with another human being is not a treat. Please don't be, be mistaken in that view. Um, let's think about education. Now, there's no more no less romantic-sounding term than education. But true love is about education. By the way, anything that sounds unromantic is, in fact, good for love. Chatting a lot about money before you get in involved, sounds pretty unromantic. Great idea. Chatting about how you like to arrange a kitchen, that sounds very unromantic. Brilliant. That's going to help you in your relationship. Honestly, watch out for it. Anytime someone says, that doesn't sound very romantic, it's almost always going to help your relationship. Now, one... <laughs> One of the things that we prize ourselves for on because we're romantics is the belief that someone who really loves us loves us for who we actually are and doesn't want to change us. People will say, oh, I met this most wonderful person. They really love me for who I really am. Alarm bell, alarm bell, okay? <laughs> no one should be loved for who they really are because we're trouble, right? So, and normally it goes like this. You're being with a partner for a few months and suddenly one morning you're a little bit of a hurry. They're in a hurry. They're eating their granola in a kind of kind of loud and sort of, you know, masticating in a bovine way. And you turn to them and you go, darling, you know, I really love you, but this, this is eating. And they get terribly upset and they go, I thought you loved me. And you go, well, I do. And you go, well, why are you criticizing me for eating this way? Because I love you, so I need to tell you something. And they go, well, my mother, my mother never criticized me. My friends never criticized me. They don't care about you. Those who love us properly have to criticize us, okay? We need, we need to return to the ancient Greeks. For Plato... What love really means is a process of education where two lovers, under the umbrella of kindness that love provides, undertake to educate each other to be the best version of themselves. Okay? That's true love. That's true kindness. It, they don't accept everything about the person. They try and guide towards goodness. So what we should be doing to our partner is turning the bedroom into a classroom. And you say to your partner, look, I went zeitgeist, and this guy was telling us about Plato, and I'm now going to tell you about your faults. And then you're going to tell me about my faults, and that's love. Sounds unromantic. It's a great idea. But we need to do it well. We need to do it with kindness. How often we try to deliver our lessons in love, furious, late at night, shouting at the other person, trying to get them to change, trying to get them to be another person. They've got their ears blocked. You're hysterical. Nothing goes in. But true love is, is in a way, seeking the best for the other person, which may at times involve change. Big thanks to Alain Debouton for stopping by. I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled, How We Destroy Our Capacity to Love. Alain de Botton, Google Zeitgeist. And if you'd like to connect with him, you can go to his website, alaindebouton.com. His YouTube is entitled The School of Life. And one of his most recent books of the many that he's authored is entitled A Simpler Life, A Guide to Greater Serenity, Ease, and Clarity. And I'll have the links to everything I just mentioned, along with a link to today's entire talk. They will all be in the show description below, so you can go and check that out. And I highly, highly recommend that you watch the entire talk. That was an amazing talk, in my opinion. So, all right, that is a wrap for me. If you like the show, and you like the speakers, and you like all of their messages, then please give the show a follow or leave a rating and review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. I thank you for taking out the time to do that today, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day, and I will see you back here tomorrow. So, until then, stay strong. Later. Later.